Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck, Leland McRae with me as usual. Uh, Leland, what, do you, what have you been up to here on your Labor Day weekend? We're recording early because of it. Yeah, I've been enjoying the nice weather, that's for sure. We went uh, my oldest birthday this weekend, so we did a lot of stuff for her. Um, it included buying a awesome, uh, this isn't one of my, uh, what's dominating my life, though it, it has been dominating. Uh, we bought her like a um, little, I'm blanking on the words, but a little set that uh, gives her obstacles, obstacle course in the backyard. So it's like um, a run through like, ladder thing on the ground and then we use our swing set we made a balance beam she had the other little things we can do floor is lava for a little bit hurdles it's awesome so uh yeah yeah it's me running around the yard and then beating me while i do it yeah, as so you it say it sounds like really a little good bit of self-esteem yeah kind of an american gladiator kind of feel to it yeah yeah we looked at those american ninja ones but there was like all these like things hanging from the trees which would be cool and like we have the capability of doing that but like we don't have any upper body strength in our children. <laughs> so like we were yeah, scared. That maybe they would, a few years down the road. Yeah. They couldn't handle the little ladders and monkey bars. So we did on the ground things and yeah, my daughter is fast. So well, that's good. Both of them. Both the daughters are fast. The boy's fast. He's just, he's got small legs. So I can still beat him. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. In a race, hopefully. And not, it's the only pride I have is I yeah. can beat my two year old in a foot race. Yeah. I was going to say beat him in a race, not, physically harmed. Yes, I, um, just yeah, wanted to clarify. Recently. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> but before we got to the Labor Day weekend, there was that VHSL, uh, reclassification or appeals process. Gap wanted to move down to class one. They did win it after we said they weren't going to, yeah, uh, they did. So good for them. Um, and Hey, you know what, if that helps them, then great. Uh, Buffalo yeah, gap moves down to be, class then, one, yeah. right? Giles was another big one that moves down to class one. So, uh, those are kind of the two that we paid attention. I know you and I paid attention to and kind of talked about, uh, at the end of the week and into the weekend. So for Buffalo gap though, I mean, we'll see, right. They, they wanted to go down to class one. They felt it gave them a better representation of where their school population is going to be and should help them in terms of competition. Uh, so hopefully that is the case. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how this goes for Buffalo gap. I know, the number one complaint for everyone in this area is the only reason Riverheads wins all these state championships yeah. and does so good is because they're in class one. Well, here's another school now, so we'll get to see. Yeah, I, I I'll just jump to that. I was going to, you know, give the the public speak about it and say, yeah, like it, if that's where they want to be and good for them and they are right on that line. So fine. Um, I, I'm a big proponent of there's a number and you're either above it or below it, but they, they went through the process Won the appeals, fine. So they're in. Glad to have them. So in a year, we look forward to that. Um, but yeah, like selfishly as a Riverheads homer, like, yeah, everybody gives Riverheads, oh, they're just the biggest school in Class A. That's why they, you know, win at football all the time. And they're pretty successful in other sorts, too. I always push that credit to these other teams we play in this area that we play the cl- uh, these solid Class 2 teams, Class 2 teams that really go on to postseason and play well in their respective sports. And Riverheads competes with them in their season. There's not too many sports Riverheads just getting beat off the field in. So I I like that um, Buffalo Gap comes down. So then when some of these people try to make that argument, well, Riverheads is just the biggest school in Class A. Well, A, they haven't been for the last four years. But also, B, now here's local schools, schools that they've heard of, of playing and that are bigger and 
honestly, in football, are we thinking Buffalo Gap's going to go win a state championship automatically because of this? I don't, because they, they still have to beat Riverheads. And that's what leads to my excitement about them being down, is that if we could get, like, a region championship with Buffalo Gap and Riverheads playing, I mean, that would be absolutely epic. Those playoff games that Wilson and Riverheads played there with everything on the line, and um, that was awesome. That was huge. It was great for the area. It spoke a lot to the class of football that's being played in this area. And here's a chance to kind of have that again, because um, it's just – to get two teams from our area that deep in the playoffs, it just it has tended to be Riverheads has to be one of them. So put someone else in Riverheads division. I'm excited about it. Um, and I and I and I'm, if that's where Buffalo Gap thinks they belong, then I'm glad they're they're there. That and so I, I look forward to seeing how they compete in sports that way. In no way do I think this puts a banner on the wall in any sport for them. I don't you know I don't think they're just so good at any one sport that being in Class A is just going to put them right to the top. Um, I think sure some of the early rounds of playoffs, maybe is a little bit easier for them. Cause I, I don't think a lot of region B, I, I mean, just to be honest, but I don't think, I mean, there's still, there's no sport that I just put on out here. Like, Oh yeah. Gap's just going to win state at that. Now. I just don't, I don't see that. Yeah. Um, football in particular jumps to mind, obviously. Um, but They're in the other right sports, now, but they, th- that's the thing about gap, man. They, I they say do, gap's pretty good at wrestling, aren't they? I mean, maybe that's, Oh, they are good at wrestling, but wrestling's dominated by, uh, um, those schools down South that Riverheads yeah. has been listed to, uh, rural retreat. And, um, the other one that's awesome. Oh, I'm blanking on it, but yeah, they, well, Giles is from that area too. I'm not familiar with Giles wrestling program, but uh, I'm sure they're not bad at it. And that's the other one in football. I mean, I really like it for football that Giles is down because Giles is a team that Riverheads faced in class two uh, state semifinal a couple years ago. And to maybe potentially get a rematch with them in a semifinal or final, or it would have to be a final. That would be interesting. And um, I mean, they're a traditionally good program. They were down last year, but they were good right up until then. So I think, I think that's interesting. It, you know, if we can throw some different teams in there for Riverheads to play deep in the playoffs, I like it. Yeah. Maybe a worthy adversary. Is that what you're trying to get to? I think there is some worthy adversaries there. We just keep seeing them over and over. I don't, I don't think that it's a large group. So if we can mix it up and, and you get some good, last two like, years, there's been one, you get some decent matchups, even with some of these other teams. Like when you throw Giles down there with Galax and so, I mean, that could be a heck of a game and George with's always competitive down there. And uh, you know, chill Howie was good two years in a row. Like how far off that are they? So it'll be interesting to throw another team down oh there in God. that. And then even with Buffalo gap being up this way, you know, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see what, what we can get. I mean, region one B, I mean, honestly, this is back to gap. I, I give them a good opportunity to go deep in that region. Now I don't think they beat riverheads, but you know, we'll have to see what happens, but they'll know riverheads better than any of those other region B teams. But riverheads has been just dominating this region for all the years they've been in it. So well, Sussex and William Campbell. I mean, those were the other two teams they got to compete with. Right. Like I would and those say were new, la- those were new last year. And yeah, so it'll I... be two years of that. And then Buffalo gap will be in with them. And um, so, yeah, even if you get a Sussex or William Campbell, like state court. Yeah. Teeing it up where it has to be Riverheads gap in the region final. It could be a region uh, semifinal that Riverheads and gap could face each other. If that happens, I, I, I give Riverhead, I give Gap an opportunity to advance a couple games in the playoffs because that region is so weak. And, gen- and when they're good, when they're decent, I, I don't know how great they are this coming year. I, I will all say that. Uh, but I mean, that's this year. They are not in Region One B this year. They're still in Class Two for another year. I think we all forget that very quickly uh, when talking about this. 
So we don't know what gap will be in a year. We will need to see what they do this year. We'll need to see who's on the field, who's returning to really have an idea of when they actually are in one B, what they'll be. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. You said a lot there and I did want to touch on your Chilawi, you know, was good two years in a row. Uh, okay. But they were not what I would call a worthy adversary. I, they got I, killed by like 40 points both times they stepped onto the field. So thanks for playing, but 30 plus, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, I mean, what do you want me to say? I, I, I mean, I, I'm tentative about it during the season. I'm tentative during, during the playoffs. I'm never one to take my Riverheads fandom and beat my chest with it. Like they're, it's a very good program and it's hard for anybody to measure up right now. And I don't, see that dramatically changing uh maybe riverheads gets knocked off sometime i'm not saying they're unbeatable but it's been some wide margins particularly in the playoffs for riverhead so it's just they are they are kind of in their own class there in class one i mean last year we both saw a class two game right after riverheads won their class one game and we thought riverheads would have won it so obviously it's it's not just a single a thing it's they're a good program and they can they can beat a lot of teams at a lot of levels yeah I wanted to ask you if you had an opinion on the ACC official projections coming out and Virginia Tech comes out fifth, uh, UVA ninth. Uh, looking at the teams ahead of them, it's Clemson, it's Notre Dame, it's UNC, it's Louisville. I, I got to look at UNC's schedule, see who they play in conference. No, I, everybody's been hot on UNC. I do think so they avoided not, Clemson. Me. I do think they avoided Clemson, which is a tremendous help. We did not. Um, I, I think we play Clemson. I think we still play Louisville. I'm not 100% sure about that. but Yeah, I was just saying, talking about this earlier, like I don't know that I, most falls, like my mind of the fall schedule. Like, I know we play UVA and NC State and Clemson. Oh, yeah, and like what we're doing as a family, though, is based all that's NC State weekend. All that's, you know, that's Pittsburgh weekend. Like the, with the new schedule that was only thrown out a month ago, it, I, I have no idea. How do you feel about Virginia Tech play, compared to those other Clemson? teams, Man, though? Man, that stinks. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, like, yes, Clemson's better than Virginia Tech. Louisville, uh, I'm hearing great things probably... about Louisville. I, I don't know. but That's the first team that jumped out when you said that, that I'm like, I don't know about that one. I mean, UNC, I don't, like... I don't think UNC's I, better than we are. I don't think they are, but I get why they... I mean, everybody's been talking about... Notre Dame is UNC. probably better than we are. Yeah, Notre Dame's better than us, probably, but... I mean, so I'd say I want my chance against any one of them. So, yeah, I, we, I could see team. Virginia Tech getting third. I don't think Virginia Tech's going to be in the ACC championship. I don't think now if we had the divisions. Yes, but we don't. So, no. So you just think it'll be two Atlantics? Uh, I do. I think it'll be. So well, like no, I think and... it'll be the pretender Notre Dame and Clemson. Which, yeah. I got to be honest, as long as Notre Dame doesn't win the ACC, you can't have the school that's not actually part of the conference win the conference. Like, that can't be a thing. <laughs> when you let them in, you allow that to be a possibility. No, it's a possibility, but I'm saying if you're the ACC, oh, like, the other schools can't. you like, can't someone, let that happen. Yeah. You can't let Notre Dame be able to say, well, we're the ACC champion and no one's been able to knock us I off that. Clemson and, U and Notre Dame play each other, like, early, like, Mm -hmm. In the regular season, it's a preview. I yeah. wonder, like, how Notre Dame, if they lose that game, reacts to that. Like, I wonder if they kind of fall off because we've seen Notre Dame at times, like, they're strong through September, they get into October, and then you know they lose to somebody worthy. They lose to, like a Michigan when they're decent or somebody good, and then like you see them kind of fall off after that. I wonder 
in the conference season in this year if they kind of keep their mind right a little bit better than they they do sometimes I would say the difference is it's going to depend on where they stack up in the conference this year versus other years because they're not an independent so they won't have those other games to be like oh well look what we did and uh, it's going to be like okay well how did you do compared to other ACC teams so if they lose to Clemson they're going to have to win out in my opinion yeah if they lose another game they're definitely out of the playoff so we can stop that charade you know what stinks looking at our schedule is that we play Clemson last we play them on December 5th like if you're undefeated for a hope to be in a game yeah I was gonna say just be undefeated just be undefeated going into that game that's all why is that so hard I mean, I I always think that's possible. I'm always the one that would try mm. to convince you of that. They play um, Louisville and you. They, ooh, Notre Dame so plays well, Louisville. So what are you going to do? You're going to lose. They to also have on December 5th and then hope to get invited to the game the next week. I think you're confusing someone's schedule with someone else. Notre Dame plays Clemson uh, November 7th. I am talking Virginia Tech plays Clemson December 5th. Yeah, you said Notre Dame plays Clemson early. They they play them pretty late I'm well, look, I, th- I just I meant just, earlier in the regular uh, well, the okay Matt. yeah that's I, I just phrased it that's fine we we do play God, I, we have at unc at louisville Whew, that's right and that's our measuring stick that's our measuring stick gotta win those right games there. yeah you gotta win those games that's october so by the end of by halloween we'll know if we're legit we'll be also if we lose to uva candy. we're done if if we lose to UVA week one, we're done. Season over, pack it up. Yeah, and I think a lot of that will be mental. Like, a lot of that would be, like, we're so set that we're a better program than them. All our players seem to ride that that wave just as well looking at their social media. So, yeah, if we lose to them early, like, lose them in game one of the season, like, that's a pretty big crack in the foundation. That's hard for us to still rest on any kind of, we're a better program than them because that's a debatable thing at this point, but I'd still like to say, well, we've won, you know, the last or, you know, 15 of the last 16 times we played. So, you know, that still says something, but you lose two in a row that starts to say a different story. So yeah, I, uh, man, I hope we don't lose that game. We'll talk about that more next week, but yeah, that would be pretty, uh, pretty hurtful for my psyche you know i can i can quarantine for months and not see any of my friends but i think losing to uva twice in a row might might be the thing that gets me yeah and you do <laughs> looking at these schedules really quickly um virginia tech does need to beat unc and louisville because they don't both of those teams don't play clemson so definitely yeah that it feels like if you don't win those games you're you're out for virginia tech i think it is going to come down to like you have to have one loss on the year and it can be clemson Who's Clemson's non-conference? We don't play Notre Dame, so that's good. Who's, Who's Clemson's non-conference? You got that open for me? Uh, yep. Let me pull it up. Citadel. Okay, never mind then. I mean, Clemson has had a history of like dropping a game or having some scares, which this year maybe a scare turns into a loss. But they play at Notre Dame. They don't play UNC. They don't play Louisville. They play us. We're their last game of the year, too, um, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. There is no one on this schedule that would worry me. They got to come to us, but we don't have They don't even well, play NC State. NC State's usually the team that gives them a fit because they're rivals, but they don't. That's not even on their schedule this year. That sucks. 
That's a rival. They play for a trophy. Why is that not a game they play? Clemson and NC State? The Textile Bowl. Yep. I did not really actually know that. Oh, obviously you only played as one team in NCAA football. <laughs> I think like seasons wise, yes. <laughs> Heads up, I'd I'd venture out. Um, yeah. Well, I I mean I'm interested in the season. I as much as I say I don't think it should be happening, I I'm looking forward to it. I'll I was going to say, I mean, I'm watching. Like I'm, yeah, yeah, I'll I'm, watch. I'm not going to boycott it or anything. I'm not that sensitive. Like, no. It's, I don't know if this is what's best for society, no. but I'm excited to watch some real football. And honestly, I've been thinking today, like, I'm, look, I'm, listen, I'm looking forward to listening to Herbie and them call the game tonight. I'm going to turn it on just to hear them talk about college football tonight. Like, what if... Uh, I'm excited for it to start. Yeah, I mean... I wish high school was starting. I mean, it's going to be a fast game, too. I mean, that's the good yeah. news. Oh, yeah, it's all running. But that's the thing, though. Like, we don't have high school football. And that was – I think this Friday was tougher because it being Labor Day weekend, the weather kind of cooled down a little bit. Like, it did feel uh, like – It's been beautiful, like, yeah. It felt like something was missing Friday. So, like, I I felt it more Friday. I'll talk about what I attempted to fulfill that with later. But, um, yeah, I, it's tough. Like, we – I don't think we talk about this enough. We, we, we rant on everybody – that tries to play through this when they shouldn't and go about it the wrong way. We're not doing that this week. I do want to say like, I, I, I'm sorry. We don't have it. I mean, it stinks. It stinks. I think we can say that it doesn't mean we think this isn't real, but it stinks. It stinks. that we don't have things in line or, or that this ever even occurred to where we don't have high school football, like normal as fall. It's just like, man, it stinks not having it. And, it's such a good thing in this area, especially because like all the communities really get behind their high schools. I think we have good, good fans at every game. You know, it's not just the parents of the kids there. It's, you know, good community atmosphere every Friday night. You and I are lucky to go into different stadiums and experience the different, you know, venues for that every single week. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people and it's it's unfortunate that we're at a place where we can't have that and I, I miss it i really do miss it it's hard to it was hard friday night it really was yeah well, i mean i hear what you're saying i mean the weather was beautiful and it, it sucks i i understand the vhsl's decision i'm not saying the vhsl is wrong for that decision but it yeah no, like you I'm said it's, it I, still sucks yeah we, you can you can accept the reality and still say it sucks and i mean you were asking me which game we'd be calling this week and just looking at the schedule, I was like, man, like we did have an argument. Yeah. Yeah. But like none of these first two weeks, did we have any great games to call really? Like there was nothing that jumped off the sheet, but it was still like, I'd like to go call any one of these right now. <laughs> like I, well, let's I just would say un- unofficially we would have called not. unofficially. I would have put my vote in for Covington at Stanton. I think it would have been a good game. It was a good game last been year. An interesting game to call, um, especially because Phillips would have had a lot of um, familiarity with what Covington is because he was coaching at Bath County before. There have been some good storylines to talk about there. Well, they um, beat him last year at Covington, so there's that storyline yeah. too. It was they, a one-point game, I think. Games they won last year. Yeah, I yeah. think it was a one-point game, something close. Something real close. So, yeah, there was a lot to talk about that game. You had Stewart Straft and Waynesboro playing, which – probably wasn't gonna be a good game Stuart strap probably roll them but it's two locals playing each other you have waynesboro with a new head coach and them trying to kind of revive what they had going um because they were really on the brink of not finishing the season last year with lack of participation um who else do we have what was that conversation we had 
Fort Defiance was playing like Liberty, hosting Liberty. Yeah, that was, that was another one you said. Last year. And it really, that was the game that cost him from not going to the playoffs last year. So that would have been like, we just had all sorts of good storylines to talk about that would have been fun to talk about, would have been fun to cover any one of these games. And instead, we'd have nothing. And when we do get a schedule in the spring, all, all those matchups aren't happening because we're going to just have a district season pretty, I, yeah. I believe just a district season and get out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's disappointing just not to have high school football going right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But what can you do? Uh, uh, did you catch the Orioles this weekend? I, I saw that you guys finally had a little bit of success against that team. You talk, you guys talk so much trash against the Yankees and I, I like the trash, but you just kept getting your heads beat in by them every single time. And and you playing the Yankees this week and next week coming up, I was like, yeah, that's why you needed to win before you faced them. Cause they had always been just pounding on you. But you took three or four, and you did great. And so I'll give you credit, and that's good. And you're kind of revived what you had going because you kind of lackluster week headed into this, and uh, you guys really turned around. You have those young players. There's a lot to a lot to like about the Orioles, and their names aren't the Yankees, so that's probably the number one to like about them. Yeah, it was frustrating the week before to watch us lose some games that against some teams that I just I don't know. It it stinks to lose to. I don't like losing to the Blue Jays. Um, the Rays are good. So losing to the Rays is whatever. Um, losing to the Mets was a little frustrating because I don't think the Mets are that good. And I felt like if we had beaten the Mets, we'd be in an even better spot. Uh, we'll have another shot against the Mets starting Tuesday. And then we play at the Yankees. You had the same schedule this week. You just reverse where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're two games out of a playoff spot though. And and that's, what's crazy. I mean, as bad as we were the last two weeks, we're three. I thought you were three We're two. Um, it's a wild card spot. We're three behind the second place in the AL East, but we're two out of this last wild card spot. Uh, okay. So, and because of the bad few weeks before, we, we definitely knew we were sellers and we sold and we got a pretty good haul. And we talked about that last week, the haul that the Orioles got for some of those guys they traded. And I was happy. I was like, Hey, look, this is what we are. That's fine. It was fun while it lasted. Well, now we're two games back of a playoff spot again. And, now I'm like, well, what if we got that haul and we somehow make the playoffs over the Yankees? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Um, <laughs> obviously, Aaron Boone was complaining about umpires and everything else in the Orioles series, which no surprise. I don't like Aaron Boone. I never have. I didn't like him when he beat Boston with that home run. I don't. I don't like him on TV, and I didn't. I don't like him as the manager of the Yankees. He's just annoying. I just. I don't like his vibe. Yeah. I mean, well, there's nothing to like. I mean, he's. He's Aaron annoying. Boone, yeah. yeah, he's he's annoying, <laughs> and you know I'm sure him and Brett Gardner are best friends because they seem like the same kind of person. And uh, <laughs> I know John is going to tell me or tell us in the comments, like, "Well, Brett Gardner played in the Valley League. Cool. I've never been so pumped watching a Valley leaguer look like a clown at the plate versus Dean Kramer in his MLB debut. First Israeli citizen to ever play in Major League Baseball, by the way, Dean Kramer. So that was cool. I didn't know that, um, but he came in. He looked great. Um, yes, it's against a beat up Yankees lineup, but he looked good. Keegan Aiken looked good. Jorge Lopez looked good this series, but that's the thing. You, there's no, there's no, okay. Well, it was, you know, a couple wins on a weekend, um, halfway through the season on a beat up Yankees lineup halfway. I mean, it's a 60 game season. There's no, Oh yeah. There's only 20 games left. There's only 20 games left. Yeah. We're only two games out of a playoff spot with 20 games left. I'll take that as an Orioles fan. I'll take that. And Look, you, you look at Yankee social media, they are 
the house is on fire and everyone is trapped inside and we're all going to die. Like, that's what it is like on Yankees Twitter right now, which I love. Um, but I would love, I look, if I'm putting money on it, no, I don't think the Orioles are going to make the postseason. But am I excited for the race that we're in? Sure. And if we have a good week this week, then who knows what happens? Um, I'm taking it one week at a time. Right now, it's the Mets and Yankees that I'm worried about. So hopefully the Orioles can keep the young guys looking good. Uh, DJ Stewart came back from the Bowie alternate site. Uh, he was 0 for 17 on the season before this weekend. And then he hit, got three hits or four hits. Three of them left the yard. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Ryan Mountcastle looks good. Um, Santander being hurt for pretty much the rest of the year is going to suck for the Orioles. But hey, it's baseball. Injuries happen. You just got to move on. You know what I would have liked to have seen is I'd, I'd like to see one of those Oriole games this weekend on national TV, particularly the one on Sunday, maybe where yeah. Cal Ripken, it was the 25 anniversary of him breaking the streak. He was there. He at some point in the night uh, threw out the opening pitch or in the afternoon uh, should have been the night game. You know, um, I, I don't I don't understand Sunday night baseball scheduling. It seems like they just bought into baseball being a regional sport or you have to just fulfill the needs of a big market and these rivalries get played up way too much this weekend, that Cubs Cardinals rivalry game, which sure it's a rivalry game. And I, and I know Cubs are a big national team Four of the five games they played between Friday and Monday. There was a doubleheader on Saturday. I saw four of them on national TV. One's on right now. You could have seen all five. Right yeah. Okay. And I just wasn't sure about the doubleheader game. Yeah. Both I, were on mm -hmm. like, why does that game need to be on national TV every single day that it happens between MLB network and Fox sports and ESPN and not put this Cal Ripken anniversary game on? I know it's still the Yankees. I know the Yankees play right into the argument I'm making, but get Baltimore on there one time on the one night, you know, people do care about Baltimore, Cal Ripken monument anniversary. He's going to be there. You know, that kind of thing, just have, have that game planned. And that's the thing about this season. Most season you get the Sunday night baseball schedule before the season starts. I think it's like to the all-star break, at least into June that every one of them is already on the schedule. You didn't have that this year. You don't need to have that this year. It's been like two weeks ahead is when they name it. They easily could have saw two weeks ago where Baltimore still had a chance. It was before their bad week. They could have put, all right, Yankees and Baltimore will be actually decent. Oh, it's the anniversary. Like what more do you need? Instead they, they put Cubs, cards on because they always have that game on Sunday night baseball and all weekend, every other network had their shot at that game. I just, I don't understand why they don't mix it up more on Sunday night baseball because it, it's driving it. It drives me away from it. It just makes me tired of it. And it, it, that should be where we all come together and watch baseball, no matter what team we're a fan of. And it is not that only the fans, of the teams playing watch that game anymore. Yeah. Um, a rod or not. That's the only reason people come. I mean, ugh. Yeah, the Baltimore Orioles. Um, I don't think they were on Sunday Night Baseball. I, I, I just looked to see if I could find the answer. The, la the last one I've seen is uh, 2013. Man, I know they've been. And bad. there, were, there and was I, five I years before that that we weren't. Yeah. No, 2013 was the year after we had made the playoffs. Yeah, 2013 was the year we after we had made the playoffs. I don't think we've been on since. I might. I don't know. And the only reason we were on in 2008 was because it was the last game at Yankee Stadium. So, uh, yeah, uh, we don't, we don't get national attention. I'm pretty used to that unless it's to laugh at us. And I'm pretty used to that. So whatever. I just don't, it seemed like a missed opportunity here specifically, but even if not that 
Look at, I mean, some of these other games that were happening this weekend. You had what uh, Oakland and um, and the Padres could have been on. Yeah, that's a potential World Series preview. You had Florida. I don't. I mean, I know Tampa Bay and Miami don't have the biggest fan bases, but they're both teams in Florida battling for playoffs. So, I mean, Tampa Bay's leading that division. Like, mm-hmm. that's an option. It just. I guess it's just if Cardinals Cubs weren't on every other day this weekend, it it could have made more sense. But it's just so stale. Did you see Joe West throwing out the Nats GM for not wearing a mask in the suite by himself? He said he was hollering at him and stuff. Well, that's an even worse excuse. Just do your job. Yes, I agree. That's a worse. You're excuse. so bad at your job. I mean, the mask one's a bad excuse because one, he's by himself, and two, I'm sure if he looked in the dugout, not everyone in the dugout's wearing a mask, and they're not by themselves. So that's kind of more of an issue. But he just hadn't been on Sports Center for a week. So Joe West sure is so bad at his job. I'm telling you, Joe West, Angel Hernandez, CB Buckner, these are the leading candidates for replace these umpires with robots behind the plate because they're all so bad at their jobs. And then people like Joe West and Angel Hernandez just need to be forced into retirement anyway, because they suck at every part of their job. It's not just the balls and strikes part. Roberto Alomar should come spit in all their faces, please. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) great. That very good point. And yes, I would actually, even in a pandemic, I'd be okay with that because I just do not like those umpires. <laughs> Even worse, probably get taken to jail. But yeah, that's fine. Um, I'll I'll help his legal fees. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to see San Diego. Is where I was getting in that conversation. Is I want to see San Diego. I want to see the Chicago White Sox more than I've seen them. Like yes, sure, sure. <sighs> that division's crazy. Everybody's tight in that division. Yeah. So, Indians, uh, Twins, White Sox, all three of those teams, yes. very very close. And you're hard pressed to get them on national TV because they're not the biggest fan bases. I get ratings are a thing. I just I, I will say this very briefly to to drive the conversation somewhere else for just a minute. Um, I you keep seeing all these things. Oh, NBA ratings are down. Blah blah blah's ratings are down. Blah blah blah's ratings are down. The way they calculate TV ratings are going to have to change in the next few years because people are not watching them on TV necessarily anymore. There's a lot of tablet watching. There's a lot of phone watching. There's a lot of just not cable watching in general. So that's how a lot of this gets tabulated. And I, when you hear like, oh, ratings are down for this sport or ratings are down for that sport or ratings are down for this or that, that I'm like, okay, but let's look at how ratings are for everything. Like if you look at ratings, pretty much across the board, ratings are down. So I don't think it's because of any political stance or whatever that the these leagues or teams or anything are taking i i I, there there's some impact there i don't think it it makes up for the vast majority of the reason these ratings are down it's because we're not measuring the ratings correctly people are off their schedules um this is august is never a good time for ratings so just that's fine um but and now, into now early that September. being said, I am interested to see how the NFL rates now that they're having to compete against NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs, because that's usually not a thing. It'll it will be interesting. I, I mean, it's going to bring up I just want to see how it competes just, with those other leagues. Not like, oh, wow, NFL's ratings are down, of course. Um, but I just want to see when when NBA playoffs and NFL are head to head, I want to see who wins. I would be surprised if any of these networks, because I think the NFL deals like getting negotiated right now. I don't think anybody's making decisions for the future based off this single year. Cause it's everything's so weird no. this year. Everything's so off. So I, I think everybody's wise enough to, 
to not do that. So I guess you're going to horse racing off the off the bad ratings talk. Oh, I don't know. Did horse racing have bad ratings? I yeah, but it was the Kentucky Derby in September. <laughs> so yeah, like, they also you. didn't no, really no advertise it. I kind of forgot it was happening until Friday, and I happened to be watching a hockey game, and they're like, "Don't forget the Kentucky Derby's on Saturday." I was like, "Oh, okay, thank you." They talked about it on Tony's podcast. The only reason I knew it was happening. And then when it got to Saturday, I had a lot else going on. So I, did, I didn't even think about it. I did still catch it. Um, it was a good it was race. An exciting race. But they're all exciting to me. Like, they, I don't know, like, if I ever, I, I don't put any of those races one above another. Even if a horse comes around the backstretch beating the heck out of everybody, I'm like, oh, that's exciting. He, he dominated. I show up for three times a year for about two minutes each time. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just, each race is equal to me and I show up and if there's a triple crown at stake is what I care about. So yeah, I will absolutely not really care about this preakness that happens because there's no triple crown at stake. If I happen to see it fine, but I, I won't, I will not care. Yeah. And it, I thought it was just, um, it was definitely weird seeing it in front of, you know, empty, uh, empty stands there at Churchill Downs, and that was different. And you know, you don't have the choir singing "My Old Kentucky Home." Instead, they're playing it on the bugle, and it it was it was different for sure. And you know, I I just went once the race started, it was kind of you know, you forget all that, and you're watching the race. And for two minutes, maybe the first two minutes well not i i wouldn't say the first two minutes because when i'm watching baseball games i'm not paying attention that there's no crowd either um but they didn't pump in crowd noise for the kentucky derby um so it was kind of the general feel but i I didn't ask for that yeah i didn't notice like (laughs) when i was watching it that there was no once the race started i didn't notice because you're watching the horse race and the horse race is the horse race like it's always been and bob baffert takes down tis the law uh, who was the very, very heavy favorite coming in uh, with Authentic. Uh, it's Baffert is the trainer. Bob Baffert's sixth win in the Kentucky Derby, ties the most ever for wins in a Kentucky Derby by a trainer, and I like his chances of getting the record by himself next year. He's one of two... Or anytime. Where is he going? Anytime yeah, soon? one of two trainers that kind of puts multiple horses in every year, Todd Pletcher being the other one, uh, but... I really love Bob Baffert's chances. Bob Baffert's okay after getting knocked down to the ground by the winning horse in uh, the winner's circle or whatever. Uh, That was kind of a... Well, his other horse got scratched right before the race, which was another horse that had a chance to win because it bucked and fell. Uh, And so they didn't think anything was wrong with the horse, but because it fell on the ground, Baffert went over there, looked at it, and was like, you know what? It's not worth it. Don't hurt the the horse. We don't know if the horse is totally okay or not. It's not worth risking. So scratched him. Uh, That was minutes before the race. So that was kind of interesting. And then you see the winning horse, Authentic, like have its moment and knock him down to the ground and they have to help Bob back up. But um, yeah. So Baffert, Baffert was making like life and death decisions, money, no money decisions about this horse minutes before the race. I was sitting in a drive through like anxious for them to give me my uh, Asian food. So I rice and sweet, good uh, steak and shrimp. So I could rush home to even have a chance of watching this race. So me and Bob, just so you know, me and Bob Baffert live different lives. 
Yes, one of us. <laughs> yeah, one of you has millions and millions of dollars, and the other one does not. One is like an all timer in sports from how much he's dominated. And you said he's won six Kentucky Derbies. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many other races he's won. Um, you know, of the big he has won three total over 3,000 races. I think 3,048 now is the count. So, like, I was trying to, I thought if you told me he won 12 Kentucky Derbies, I would have believed you. I, I, and I asked you, I was like, how many has he won? And you and it was six. Um, I mean, he's, you take Belichick, you take, you take these coaches that have won five, six championships and you compare it to him. But like, honestly, I, he might be more dominant. He might be more of a, a, a dynastic figure in his sport than those guys are in theirs because it's just, he keeps showing up with winners and he keeps making it happen. And it's just very impressive. Uh, he's an all timer for that sport, obviously, but even in sports in general, like his presence is so dominating within that sports that like he, he just sets himself so far apart. I mean, I don't, I probably can't, can't start listing off other owners, but I know him and I've known him since middle school. Like well, he's I'm not the owner. Forever. Yeah. He's not the owner. He's the, trainer. the trainer. Sorry. Yeah. The trainer, but the Todd guy, Pletcher, the, you know, Todd Pletcher's the other big, big one. Yeah. Yeah. And you got me on that. So like, yeah, he's, he's the most famous, you know, my mom always, she knows Joe Namath. Like if she had, you say football player, she says Joe Namath. You ask me about horse racing. I'm saying Bob Baffert. Like, and I, Baffert. it's just Baffert. Sorry. I just, I, uh, he, I associate with him so much. Oh, uh, what was funny though about him, about Baffert. When I was first knowing who he was, him and Seifert, I would get, I, I almost for a time probably thought they were the same guy, the coach from the 49ers. Cause they look very oh, yeah, similar yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then their names are sound enough, you know, different, first continent but other than that I, I seriously i think there was probably a year i thought they were the same guy like man this guy knows football and horse racing yeah <laughs> and i probably didn't understand like, what a trainer does for horse racing at the time i was just, he's he's there drinking mint juleps and having a good time <laughs> well, i'm glad you know baffert didn't have to make a life or death decision about that horse this weekend but we uh in a bad transition we did lose some people this past week, particularly we talked about Chadwick uh, Bozeman last week and how much of an impact he had in the entertainment industry, but sports has lost a lot of guys. John Thompson, he passed last week. We didn't really get to talk about it last week, but then this week, baseball of a certain generation, I mean, Tom Seaver, Lou Brock passing away five days from each other. And the interesting stats that I heard about that for Seaver, Brock was the hitter he hit he faced most, and for Brock, Seaver was the pitcher he faced most. I thought that was an interesting stat for them to pass away so close together. It, it reminds me, uh, what is that with the um, with the declaration uh, the, with the founding fathers, uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, and they were like rivals politically, and then they they passed away like on the same same day. day. Mm-hmm, same yeah, day. so it's just it's interesting. Like you hear about those things probably unrelated and just happenstance, but I just, it's, it's interesting about Seaver and, and Brock. Um, you know, those are two legends as we became baseball fans that we probably heard about a lot. Um, I, I think they do get looked over both of them in the history. I think you go back deeper for pitchers and, and guys. And when once Ricky Anderson broke Lou Brock's stolen base record, I think people didn't talk about Lou Brock quite as much. So I think both those guys kind of get skipped over when you talk about the all-time history, because everybody gets so caught up in the moment of who's good now. And then they go back to the all-timers. I think those guys get skipped by all the time. And they're two absolute legends, hall of famers and deserve all the praise 
that they uh, that they get right now and probably more so. Yeah, I, I feel like you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I don't have too much to add other than, you know, that I remember just being surprised, like watching the Orioles Yankees game and then they pop up like, oh, Lou Brock just passed away. And I was like, OK, wow. Um, and then, yeah. like you said, it was so close to when Tom Seaver passed away and you're like, man, um, but that's baseball does a great job of immortalizing their legends. So every time one of these guys passes away, it does kind of feel, you know, you have that feeling with it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm basically just, I, I can't believe Brooks Robinson is still around because it feels like each time I see him, it's just like, oh. um, but, uh, Jeez. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what you mean. It's, I know what you mean. Yeah, and, and, but it's uh, it's one of those like when when he finally ends up passing away, it's going to be hard. Um, but yeah, mine's Randy Travis. That's the one I I say for that one. I, you see him at a country music thing, and I'm like, man, he's not doing good. And uh, but he keeps kicking, so it's good. Um, Big John Thompson's the other guy I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about him last week. He is a is a big figure. I mean, when you talk about college basketball, you can debate him being one of the most important coaches of all time. Is he the most historically winning his coach? No. But for what he did at Georgetown at the time he did it, um, bringing up the Big East when he did, and really creating what we know college basketball to be right now, he, he is such a big part of that. And uh, doing what he did at Georgetown, you know, at uh, – small Catholic or maybe not Catholic, but small private college. Um, it has to be Catholic, uh, yeah, there in Georgetown where absolutely for multiple reasons, height as well as skin color, he would stick out while walking across campus there. But then by time he got there, I mean, before he got done, he stuck out because he was one of the best coaches in college basketball and he's brought, brought them a national championship and brought all these first-class athletes to the campus and, and made the camp, made the um, university proud of their athletics. And, and, you know, it's hard to do at a small school like that. And so absolutely took, put Georgetown on the map for basketball um, to go along, along with their academics. So a huge figure, the respect that you could see from all the other coaches when he passed with Bayheim and, and, and um, all the others, it, it reminded you the level he was on as a head coach. Now, his success happened before you and I were watching a lot of college basketball. You know, he, his tail end of his career was when we were kind of getting into it. So we don't know him as well, but you know, just like I knew Dean Smith was very important and uh, that I know John Wooten was important. I, I think the big John Thompson goes in the same category there for me. Um, and yeah, he doesn't have multiple national championships, but what he was able to accomplish was, was a big deal. And I think being reminded that this last week or so, has been good. I have enjoyed hearing those stories and um, how much he understood his place um, in history there. Uh, Again, it reminded me of Chadwick Boseman that he knew that he understood his role, that his, that, that his figuring, uh, that is, that it took on that what he meant racially uh, was very important. So, and he, he bought into that. He supported people, uh, rivals. He would support particularly if, if they were facing a, uh, a racial injustice or racial issue, you know, he, he very much supported, um, advancement of his race. And so he's an important figure and, and, uh, you know, another blow to 
that culture, but um, it was able to be celebrated at the same time. And and he leaves a a legendary pass behind him, and that'll get talked about. Like he's not he's not one of those coaches that pass away we don't talk about anymore. We will talk about him nonstop, like we do Dean Smith, like we talk about a lot of these older guys, you know, these guys that I'm skipping over right now. Like he will absolutely be talked about forever. Yeah, well, and you know, like you said, I think his off the court accomplishments and what it meant to you know the black community more than ever, uh, more than anything is what made him such a permanent yeah. figure and as big as he is, but his on the court accomplishments. I mean, he built Georgetown Georgetown basketball was nothing oh, yeah. before John Thompson. Yeah. And so that he, he built made the big East. He built yeah, that conference. He, well, he helped. I mean, St. John's was good then too. Um, but he, he built Georgetown basketball to all the glory that they've had. And any future glory is going to be vastly, helped along because of what John Thompson did before. So, Definitely. uh, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I know is one of the players he had Patrick Ewing is now the head coach there at Georgetown. And I like Patrick Ewing. I, I liked him when he played for the Knicks. So, um, I'm not big on him, but I'm not going to knock him in this conversation. I, I, I mean, hope, he's an, he's an all timer. Yeah. I hope he Hall of fame top center all ever kind of guy. Yeah. yeah I, I hope he can figure it out there at Georgetown. He, he seems to have a transfer issue right now. And, course there's a whole lot of things that could be going into that but um yeah but coach patrick ewing alonzo Allen iverson yeah I mean, um, he brought in a lot of great basketball players to georgetown and like i said made georgetown what it was uh from nothing i mean yeah. a lot of these coaches when we talk about them like oh they're rebuilding the program they're you know taking it back to their former glory there was no former glory at Georgetown yeah, before I mean, John Thompson. He was buying the basketballs when he got yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's putting nets on the hoops. Like, I mean, he's absolutely started that, like what they were. All right, let's get out of this and move on. Let's talk some NFL and we'll do it in the next block. Okay, Leland, last year you made your prediction that the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl. Now, you had them playing the Bears. and I'm a little off on the Bears, but the Chiefs, I was right. I'm going to yeah, take that to the house. You were right about the Chiefs. The Bears would have loved <laughs> to have been in the playoffs uh, or have lost in the Super Bowl, but they they were in neither. So, yeah, but you did get the Chiefs right. Um, so now looking at 2020, Let's start talking. Uh, let's go to our division first, our favorite division, because both of our teams are in this division. I, yeah. I am favorite scared. Division might not be the way I call it because I hate every other team in it except my team. So yeah, but our teams <laughs> play in it, and I'll make my prediction. And I'm scared to do so because I just feel like I'm jinxing us when I do it. But if one particular person stays healthy, and that particular person is Lamar Jackson, I think the Ravens will win the division. I'm picking the Ravens as even as my biggest rival and most hated rival team for NFL. I I'm picking them. I, they're so good. I thought they were good last year. I thought they were going to get to that AFC championship last year, at least uh, the way they were playing late in the season. And uh, I think they have, he's good and their defense is good. So like, I, I think you should be confident in that pick. Uh, it's a, it's always a competitive division. And I think the Steelers are up this year from, uh, being down, but I think the Ravens have to be the favorite in that division, and that's why I picked them too. All right, AFC East, you go in the familiar oh, favorite. I have to because I just don't know what to do differently. I, I Belichick's still there, and I'm not going to just credit Tom Brady with with everything. I think 
Belichick has shown his worth of being one of the best coaches of all time. Sure, with the Super Bowl victories that have all included Tom Brady, but they bring in the scraps from other teams in the offseason or even during the season, and they make something out of them. And they're also he's he's able to take a running back one week and use a different running back the next week. And that has nothing to do with Tom Brady being there consistently. He's good at knowing what he has and using it correctly. And so I think he'll know how to use Cam Newton, and I think they'll make the playoffs. Do I see a Super Bowl run out of him? No. But I think they'll be successful in that division, hold off the Bills, hold off the Dolphins. I don't think they need to hold off the Jets. I think the Jets will take care of it themselves. And I think the Pats win that division. Okay. Um, eh, this is the most wide-open division. It's the hardest one to pick. Um, just to counterpoint what you were saying, I would say that one of the reasons the Patriots ended up being so good in winning that division last year is because of their defense. They had some key defensive players opt out this year. So I think that's going to hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good point. And your point about Bill Belichick's able to put any running back back there. I mean, if you have a good offensive line, anybody can, that's any, any coach in the NFL can do that. Running backs are a dime a dozen in this league. Do they still have a good offensive line? Yeah, their offensive line's still pretty good. I think we'll get to the NFC South later. And I think that's going to be a problem for Tom Brady, but um, I think that when I'm looking at this division, the Bills got close to winning it last year, so they're a team that's up there. I don't trust Josh Allen. That's the only thing I worry about with the Bills. Um, the other team, and this might be a surprise to some, but I actually think the Miami Dolphins, they looked a lot better toward the end of the year. Now they have Tua. Now they did announce that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter, so we'll see, but... Uh, I, See, that's I, think if, I think if they go to Tua eventually this year then, and Tua's good, I, I think the Dolphins could win that division. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I, I don't agree with that big. Otherwise, I'd have made it. I, I, don't, I, I think at the very least, Tua can be good this year. He's still going to have some growing pains as a rookie quarterback because that's what we see time after time. It's very rarely you don't see any growing pains out of a um, quarterback playing in his first year. I I just don't think they have enough down there. I, I'll say it's pattern for me to pick the Patriots, but I, I, I just don't see what the Dolphins... I, I would be more afraid of the Bills in that division than I would be the Dolphins yeah. if I were the Patriots. No, I, I mean, I mentioned the Bills. Yeah, I, I think the Bills yeah. have a shot. I, I, it's a three-team race. The Jets are the team that has no chance, but the other three teams have a pretty good chance of winning yeah, the division, Jets I think. So... Now we go to the AFC South. Uh, last year, it was Houston that won the division. Yes. Uh, I don't know who won the division. Yes. <laughs> yes. It had to be Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they played that home game. Yeah, they had a home game against the Bills. Yeah. So, yeah, it was Houston that won the division. Um, I, but I think the Titans, who were kind of the Cinderella in the playoffs last year, they, they have Derrick Henry again. They have the same offensive line, the same defense. Ryan Tannehill last year proved that he can avoid turning the ball over. So if he can, st- if they can still do that, I, I like the Titans. And what is just a muddled division of pure mediocrity? Yeah, I mean, the, the Colts are in there and they now have Phillip Rivers. So that's what makes people kind of interested in maybe doing something with them because they'll be much improved at quarterback and have a little more firepower there. I, I don't think that's enough. I 
think the Titans, the way they're, they won games last year, I think in the NFL that, that gets worn down really quick. I mean, you're playing those tight games. It can go either way. It's a very physical game. I like it. It's, it's, it's the brand of football I always tend to like more, but I just don't see them doing that two years in a row, like being good enough to be in the playoffs. Um, I don't even have in the playoffs. Uh, make the playoffs, much less go deeper in the playoffs. I just don't think I see that out of the Titans again. I think people will see it coming and, and kind of handle it better and handle the toughness. They'll know what they're getting into. I have the Texans going back there. I, I think too much of Deshaun Watson. I think J.J., you know, at some point, J.J. Watt's going to stay healthy for a year. I think he's one player on the defense, but he brings a lot of attention and um, spirit to that team. I think, I think they're due. I think this reminds me of, like, when the Bengals were kind of on the cusp a couple years, or, or excuse me, the Bengals, <laughs> the Colts, the Colts, the team I met, the Colts were kind of on the cusp there a couple of years. And then finally they got it going because they had a good quarterback and they had some good pieces of defense. I kind of feel like they're kind of in that area. Do they go on to win a Super Bowl with this crew? Maybe not, but I just think they're going to get over this hump at some point. So I'm going to at least put them in the playoffs this year. I don't know how far I have in advance. And I don't know if this is where they, you know, fully go over that hump, but I just, I think they're good enough to make it back to the playoffs, win that division. Okay. We'll see. They'll play it. Um, <laughs> Tyrod has been we don't announced. feel too strongly about our picks. We're not telling each other we're rolling too much. <laughs> Tyrod has been announced the starter in LA for the chargers. Are you going Tyrod to win the AFC West or are you sticking with the smart pick in the Kansas city chiefs and defending Super Bowl champs? I'm putting Tyrod and the Chargers in the playoffs, but not mm. by way of a division win. I have the Chiefs winning the division. I, I think the Chiefs are built to be around here. Am I saying they're going to win three or four Super Bowls and be a dynasty and that kind of talk? I'm not saying that yet, but I'm I think they're really good, and I I don't see what how much they lost this year that really is going to just take them way off course. So I have them winning that division again, and obviously we're going to talk about it more when we get to talk about the playoffs because they're really good and. I mean, they're just loaded all over the field, and I think they're going to be back winning the division. Okay, yeah. Um, I think the Chiefs will win the division, too. Uh, And you have the Chargers in the wild card. For me, it was between the Chargers and the Pats. I didn't pick the Pats to win the division, but I do think Cam Newton is electric enough on the offensive side of the ball. He has enough in the tank to get the Patriots into the postseason, so... I'll put them as a wild card with the Steelers. Uh, I think that's a success this year for the Patriots. If they make the playoffs this yeah. year, I think that's success. They, I don't think they're. I mean, they're one win the Super Bowl. They're. I don't think that's gonna be their decider if it was a successful season or not. I think they made the playoffs. They were a success this year. Bringing in a new starting quarterback this year, I, I think that would be a success. So I, I think that'd be impressive. I have one in the division. You have them in though, so we're not too far different. And I appreciate you putting my Steelers in there because I put them in there as well as, well as a wild card. Ben being back healthy. Mm-hmm. I think this is kind of part of his last hurrah here. I think he's going to have some, he has some gas in there and I think he's going to get some stuff done. He's got some receivers to throw it to, and he's still going to elude people in the pocket. Like he always does. Cause he's not fast doing it. It's just awareness and taking the right step at the right time. And he can still do that. So I think they're going to have some success this year. Um, and they're going to be in that wild card. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a little noise coming out of the wild card. I'm not saying go to the super bowl. I just wouldn't be surprised. If they, you know, beat somebody on the road in the playoffs and, and, and maybe make the next next game pretty tough as well. But I got the Steelers in there along with the chargers and the wild card in the AFC. All right. Uh, moving to the NFC. Uh, let's talk 
the NFC North. For me, it's the Green Bay Packers. I know the Vikings won that division last year, but I just am not buying the Minnesota Vikings. I I don't think they're going to be back. Uh, And I think that Aaron Rodgers figures it out uh, again and gets back. He's got a a lot of pressure on him, right? Because the Packers drafted Jordan Love. So I think Aaron Rodgers goes out does really well and and gets the Packers into the postseason and then kind of puts the Packers kind of in an awkward situation where they were when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. Like, okay, what do we do? We have this great and Brett Favre that is aging and we have his replacement or who we think is his replacement waiting in the wings. What do we do? So I, I, think, I just think that decision has to come this year, though. It didn't when Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't one year. Yeah, no, but I, I think it starts that question then. Yeah. Like, Okay, so the guy that we thought maybe was done actually looks like he's good. Now, the difference is Aaron Rodgers isn't retiring and coming back all the time. So that's the main difference between him and Brett Favre. Um, but, I, I, man, I, I think when I look at that division, I see the Bears, I see the Lions, not great teams. It's really them in Minnesota, yeah. and it comes down to then on teams that I feel are pretty similar. Minnesota's defense is probably a little bit better than Green Bay's, but I think it's close enough to where I'm like, okay, do I trust Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers more? And I trust Aaron Rodgers more. I think that's uh, the thing about this whole division. It's just like you're saying, and and this happens in in life sometimes. You're picking against something instead of picking for something. I I, I put the Packers in any other division, and I'm probably not picking the Packers because I think there's more worthy adversaries. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying like the adversaries would probably – you know, make me find someone else in there to do that. I, I don't, I don't like Minnesota. I obviously don't like Detroit and, and the bears. I mean, come on. Like I, they were a complete, they proved me wrong last year. I put them in the Super Bowl last year and they proved me the exact opposite. And I think that's what they are. So I, I think my initial outcome would be like, man, Packers don't believe in him. And they could have had more talent on the field if they would have drafted a good wide receiver in there or something. But no, I think I kind of switched because the, they're going to play two games against all those teams I don't like. And then the fact that Aaron Rodgers will be on, I think what Greeny said, a scorched earth tour. Like he's just going to be trying to prove everybody wrong. And, and I, I think he's a guy that can do that. I have faith in him being able to do that. So, yeah, I have Packers too. NFC East, I think it's the Cowboys division to lose. Uh, kind of similar to the NFC North. I just don't see anybody else in that division that I really like. Um, the Eagles quarterback can't stay healthy. I think the Washington football team is still has some groundwork to lay before they're competitive. <laughs> and I, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't like the giants. So it's the Cowboys for me. I wonder, I, I just do look at the giants sometime and wonder if they're a team that might, might surprise us. That quarterback wasn't bad last year. The one out of Duke, um, Daniel Jones, blanking. Daniel Jones. They got a heck of a running back there, the kid out of Penn State. And I just do wonder if the Giants are that team that surprises us at some point. Is this year the time that it surprises us? I didn't pick it that way. I picked the Eagles. I just, I, I guess I'm used to picking the Eagles there. I thought about the Cowboys pretty heavily. I even thought about the Cowboys in a wild card. I ended up leaving them out of the playoffs, but I went Eagles here to win the NFC East. NFC South, one of my wild cards is from the NFC South. I'm taking the Falcons as my wild card uh, because I think that Matt Ryan is going to figure out that Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are both pretty good, and he just needs to throw to them. 
and focus on that versus everything else that goes on. And I think the Falcons are going to win a lot of shootouts this year. Uh, but I, I just think in a year where you're seeing practices have to change because of the pandemic, um, it comes down to the systems and the people who know each other the best. And Drew Brees and Sean Payton have been working together forever, it feels like. So I just like them in a tight division race and in, in what may be the best division in football between them, the Falcons and the Buccaneers, if the Buccaneers are going to be good this year. Uh, I, I like the saints to edge out the Falcons for the division. And then the Falcons taking a wild card. I like the saints a lot. We'll talk about them more. And I think that point of the saints have like the most returning is why they're going to win that division. I think that's the argument I made on this podcast when Tom Brady first went to the Bucks. I said, hey, yeah, I know who's going to win the NFC South, and it's the Saints because they're bringing everybody back. I think I said that then, and I still think it. I think the Saints are a very good team, and I, I just for the exact same reason you just said, because in this year where everything's different, they have so much that's the same, and they can rely on that. I think, though, in saying that, you talked about the Falcons. I think the Falcons start off good. I think at the end of September and October, you're going to be like, I was right about these Falcons. They're good. I just think they're going to tail off at the end of the season. I think they're going to be good early and fail late. And uh, just like they were in that single game Super Bowl where they were good early and failed late, I think they're going to do that for the season this year. So I, I think the Falcons have something there. And maybe I'll be wrong, but I think early it'll look like I'm wrong, but then I'll be right because I think they'll fall off. Yeah. We'll talk about the other. Uh, yeah, go ahead. We'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, I just think that when I'm looking at the Falcons and the talent on that team, if they don't make, I, if they don't make it, they got to make a coaching change in my opinion, but uh, I think they will. Yeah. I, I just think yeah. you went with the Buccaneers as your wild card. Um, I did. I was going to come back around to them. I just, there's too much talent. They just have accumulated too much talent. Yeah, but and it's, I have faith it's different and it's aging. Able to... Go ahead. I, th- I think Bruce Arians the perfect coach for it. I think he can put it all together. I think he finds a way to get the most out of what he got. He's coached for some bad teams and had them better than they probably should be. And then he's coached some okay teams and kind of got them in the playoffs and done better things with them there in Arizona. So I think Bruce Arians is going to be able to collect these different, because he's a different guy himself. He, he's not just a the typical football coach kind of mentality. I think he, he has some differentness to him. He's going to understand the different personalities coming in at one time. And I think all that talent getting there at one time, know what this is. This is Tom Brady for two years, maybe. Let's go in there, see what we can accomplish quick. You're going to just grunt through some of the stuff you don't like. Hey, I didn't get the ball there. I'm not going to complain because I got Tom Brady, Hall of Famer, greatest quarterback ever kind of guy. I'm, I'm going to be happy with this. I think they're going to have success this year at least. And so I have them in the playoffs. Do I have them in the division? No. Do I have them advancing far in the playoffs? No. But I think they're going to get there just because I think they – they do have the right pieces to the puzzle that are good. And they, they know what they're there for they They don't think this is a 20 year run. They know what this is. I just think Tom Brady is going to get shown. Not that he could only succeed in new England. I don't think that's the case, but he's going to get shown at how much when people say, wow, the Patriots never had any wide receivers. Tom Brady never had any help. You're going to get to see how much help Tom Brady really had. Tom Brady never had a bad offensive line when he was in New England. The games where Tom Brady didn't look like Tom Brady 
where when he played teams like the Steelers or like the Ravens that have the ability to rush the passer and get back there and pop him. Well, the Buccaneers offensive line might as well be made of paper. So he's going to get popped a lot. And I think you're going to see Tom Brady kind of get shown, oh, um, he's kind of been the beneficiary of having plenty of time back there and not having to make quick decisions all the time. So add the fact that he's aging and he wasn't that great last year, even with his good offensive line, I think that's going to factor in. So I don't think the Buccaneers are a playoff team. I think they'll be close, but I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. And I think that's going to give, I don't know how many years we're going to have this conversation in head-to-head with Belichick versus Brady and who wins which year. But I think Belichick wins this year and Brady loses this year. Yeah, I'm, I understand what you're saying. I think for a guy that doesn't really lack motivation in Tom Brady, I, I think he's motivated. So I, I think it's important to have that in front of him. I, I, I think yeah. We'll see how motivated he is when he's on his back. I mean, moderate success. I mean, yeah, well, we'll see how motivated he is when he's on his back because that's where he's going to be a lot. <laughs> I mean, the last time he had good receivers, I know your, your point is the offensive line. But he does have really good wide receivers. If he has time to get it to him, the last time we saw Tom Brady with good wide receivers, he won like 19 straight games before losing the Super Bowl. What a loser! Um, but <laughs> let's go to the NFC We're go back West. Up to the West. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a crazy division. So if it's not the NFC South that's the best division in football, it's the NFC West because you have the Rams, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. Um, and the Cardinals are better uh, with uh, we'll see what yeah. Murray does this year. But if he can keep progressing, that's not a bad team either. So no. um, th- all that being said, I think the Cardinals are last place in that division. But I like Seattle to kind of rebound. Russell Wilson is a very smart quarterback. He is great at escaping pressure. And he's he's the rare guy that in addition to being able to scramble, I totally have faith to fling the ball halfway down the field and be totally okay with where it's going. So I like the Seahawks to kind of rebound this year and win that division, uh, edging out the Rams, who I have as my wild card, which means I have the defending NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers, not in the playoffs. When you look at it, historically, the team that has won the NFC, if they have not won the Super Bowl, they have not done great the following year in terms of getting back to the playoffs. Now the Rams were not bad last year. They were nine and seven. It just wasn't good enough to get in the playoffs. But uh, I, I do think the 49ers miss out. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is not great. So I think that hurts him a little bit. And I think the Rams just play better and, and went out against the 49ers in a close wild card race. And then again, another close race for the division. I think the Seahawks take it. So like you, I have the two NFC West teams making it. I have the Rams winning the division, the 49ers making it in. Um, I like what I saw out of the 49ers generally last year. I I know um, Garoppolo tailed off at the end of the season. I think that's some growing pains you see out of some guys kind of stepping into that role sometimes that, you know, early in the season you're better and then you kind of tail off. And I've seen a lot of guys have success after that. I like the roots that he comes from with the coaching he's had in New England. I like what he has there in San Francisco. So I, I think he'll be better. And that's why I have them still in the playoffs, but coming from a wild card spot, um, probably not getting terribly deep in the playoffs, but in there. But the Rams, I I don't know, man. I 
they're good. I McVeigh always impresses me. There's just never usually a time with him that he, I'm just not impressed with him. I know last year was uh, the rebound down year, but I think they rebound back up now, and and I think they're good. I think they got talent in a lot of spots. They're securing that up. I think they're this is one of those NFC teams we're going to talk about for a long time, um, and this is is part of that. I know they were had a bad year last year, but I I think they're back up uh, this coming year, and and they do well and 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 win that division. I don't. I just don't like Pete Carroll as part of it. I, I guess I always That's fine. I don't like Pete Carroll. That's fine. I just don't, I didn't like him at USC. I don't I just I know he's a player's coach. I know he's he's probably a great guy and a nice guy. I just I just don't like him. And so I don't root for him. I have no real big problem with Russell Wilson in general. I didn't like him when he was at NC State because he was in the ACC playing the Hokies. That's why I didn't like him. And that's why I root against him. He's not a bad guy. He's not a bad player. He's from Virginia. He's from Richmond. I, I, there's a lot of reasons I should like him. I just I haven't tended to, and I think it's because he's played his whole career with Pete Carroll. Um, they don't have uh, Cam Chancellor there anymore, so why why should I like the Seahawks at all? You know, so I'm I'm not picking them. Okay, <laughs> um, that's fine. But they could win. I mean, like I'm not arguing that you they might. I mean, they're good. They're going to be in the mix. They're not going to be terrible. I agree. The Cardinals are going to be the worst team in that division. But I don't think they're gonna be a, I don't think they're going to be a bad team in that division. I think they're going to be a seven win team in that division. Like not great, not, not, you know, not quite 500 because they're getting beat up by the rest of the division, but they're not going to be picking in the top three. So I guess, uh, to, to wrap up the conversation here, I have the team winning the AFC. You don't have in the playoffs. I, I think Tennessee, I was impressed with their running game and their offensive line. And, and the fact that Ryan Tannehill doesn't turn the ball over and their defensive play from last year. So I think that's going to be good enough. Now, if I wasn't picking the Titans, my next pick was going to be the Ravens. Um, but I think the biggest concern I have with the Ravens is Lamar Jackson, in the playoffs. Look, it's only been two games, so small sample size, but both games in the playoffs, he has not looked good. Uh, one was against an actual good defense in the titans last year the other was against the chargers who he absolutely should have beaten in my opinion but he didn't so they didn't i also think the ravens defense while i don't disagree with the move they made at the end of the year or uh right sorry the uh end of a couple weeks ago right before the season starts of getting rid of uh the safety whose name is escaping me but from seattle um oh yeah he was involved in some off the field stuff in terms of Earl, Earl Thomas. Thank you. I needed the first yeah, Earl name. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Earl Thomas. Yeah. Um, he was involved in some weird stuff uh, in the off season involving his brother and women in a bed. So that was weird. Uh, but then he also gets in a fight with uh, Chuck Clark and uh, the Ravens yeah, made their pick. The Ravens made their pick on that. The Ravens <laughs> said, we're going to yeah. pick Chuck Clark over you. Um, Chuck Clark looked good last year. He got his money. Good for him. I don't know if he's Earl Thomas good. I hope he is. Um, but I, I do think the Ravens, because of that, will take a little step back defensively. That being said, I don't have a problem with cutting ways with Earl Thomas. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Titans. I, I just think it's hard to win back to back. I know Patrick Mahomes is great. I just think it's hard to do that. The Chiefs last year got in some holes in the playoffs that they were man they managed to dig themselves out of. I just, I don't know. I, I guess Patrick Mahomes did it all again, did it all last year. I just think it's when you keep doing that, I think it's going to be hard eventually to to not make the Super Bowl 
all that has to happen is one of those times they dig themselves in a hole, they don't come back. So I just think the Chiefs don't do it this year. Um, the Chiefs are going to be good. Patrick Mahomes is going to be good. But I think somebody will pick them off, and maybe it'll be the Titans. Maybe it'll be somebody else. I think the Chiefs do get there back to the Super Bowl for the reasons I stated why they win the division. I think the the Saints win it all. And I know we agree on this with the Saints winning it all. And this is the reason. The Saints have just been on the bad luck of some weird stuff these last couple of years. Oh, some pretty they bad had calls, Minnesota, yeah. where the cornerback for just went for the drilling. And no, that was the Rams. They lost on the the miracle Hail Mary to the Vikings three years ago. Well, that's because the CB went like oh, right at the receiver and never mind. I was thinking it. of a different thing. Yeah. Yep. So that was that was the Minnesota one. And then you got the Rams where it was pass interference and they didn't call it. So like and then it was Minnesota again last year with the tight end pushing off in the end zone. Oh, yeah. And that didn't get called. Yeah. So they just have these like they're good enough to be in the Super Bowl these last three years. They really are. And they just haven't got there because of weird things happening. Part of the game. You don't get a trophy for that. And that's fine. I'm accepting that. But I just think they got to break through at some point. Now, earlier I was talking about teams making it over the hump or are good enough just to be considered back there again. I think the Saints deserve getting over the hump. I don't know if I'm rooting for them as much, but I think they deserve it. So I, I'll put them in there as my pick because I've had them deep other years, picking them deep. You had them in the Super Bowl last year, and I agree. I, I thought that was a pretty good pick. Um, So I have them in there. I have them winning it. I have them beating the Chiefs and – well, it would probably be a crazy, awesome offensive Super Bowl game, something fun to watch. So uh, that's what I have there. And, uh, yeah, I, I think in a league that's really built around having good quarterbacks and, and good quarterbacks seem to always get rewarded, and um, it's just a league of quarterbacks. I think those are two of the better quarterbacks. You know, probably the elder statesman and, uh, you know, Breeze at this point, who still, I think, has the team around him enough to get him all the way to the Super Bowl. And then you have the young guy there. Uh, with the Chiefs, and I, I think he gets there. I would not be shocked, though, if the Chiefs repeat. We had a repeat in 04 with the Patriots. We had repeat with, uh, what, Denver in 97, and we had repeats with Dallas in the early 90s. And I think the Chiefs have that kind of core. So even though I don't have them picking them to win the championship this year, I think they're just going to be in this mix year after year that – if, if I don't have to pick them this year, I probably pick them next year. If I can make next year's picks now, I'm going to pick the Chiefs for a year from now because I just think they're that kind of team that are built solidly. They have those guys locked up that they're just going to be there year after year. So I'm putting them in the Super Bowl this year. Um, I just have the Saints finally getting over that hump and, and knocking them off in a, some high-scoring game. And the Saints, how many of those high-scoring, crazy offensive games have the Saints been in? I think when they get in that game with the Chiefs, they'll be able to win that game and, and the Chiefs will – just come up short. Probably it'll probably be a not getting the defensive stop. I don't think it'll be Mahomes not making a play. I just think the Saints will have the ball last and win. That's why I picked them. So okay. Okay, let's wrap this thing up, Leland. Um, I guess I'll go first this time. Uh, so, what is dominating my life is I uh, went home see mom and my brother uh and we watched a movie on netflix it's a netflix movie i think it was out this year uh called the old guard uh charlie's throne is in it that's the only person i recognized in the movie um she plays the lead it's basically these uh people that are immortal 
uh, and they're warriors and they're immortal. Charlie's Theron's character is like from the Dark Ages. Uh, two of the other guys are from the Crusades. One guy is from the the War of eighteen twelve, or uh, sorry, he's from eighteen twelve. He fought with Napoleon um, in Europe, um, but. Anyway, these people are immortal. They've survived over years. Uh, they keep they can't be killed. Even if you shoot them with a billion bullets, which happens in one scene, they just get up. Until eventually they die. Uh, eventually they don't heal. And they don't know when that's going to be. They don't know how to tell, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is the movie. and It was fine. Um, I would say <laughs> if you're looking for a just a an action movie that you can just sit back and not have to think and you're just watching it and it's fine. And you just want to watch people get killed, uh, in a movie in an action movie that are bad guys, then fine. Th this movie's for you. If you want any semblance of anything that makes sense, this is not going to be the movie for you. Um, it almost felt like when they were making it, they're like, okay, we need to make sure that there's the opportunity for a sequel. So let's make sure that happens. And the ending is like, oh, there's going to be definitely, we're definitely going to make another one called The Older Guard or I don't know, Old Guard 2 and then some subtitle. Return of Jafar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I like when I was watching, I was like, this is fine. It's okay. Um, I'm glad it's, it's a Netflix movie and I didn't pay anything to see it. But if I had paid money to see that, I'd be pissed. I mean, we'll just put it that way. If I had paid 10 bucks well, to see that movie. That's why it's sitting there. That's why it's there. And not yeah, if I had paid 10 bucks to see that movie, I'd be pissed because it was just not that good. The writing wasn't Netflix, good. Nothing about it was good. Netflix keeps doing that. I mean, they, they got Charlize Theron in this one. They had Chris Hemsworth in another one. They had Mark yeah. Wahlberg putting a, a team together in another one. And all of them are built to be like franchises, action franchises for these big time actors. So, I mean, they keep doing that. I, I'm fine with my Netflix money that I spend, wink, wink, going that direction. Um, you know, I'm fine with that. Like, they they charge whatever for this service, and they're going to put the money into making these kind of films. I'm fine with those being there, those action kind of movies. Because I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't need all that. I just, I do kind of want a brainless, here's some action, here's some cool car chase scene, here's a guy jumping off something very tall, or a chase, running chase scene, like in those James Bond movies that, like honestly, that I think that's what gets in the way for me on some of these James Bond movies recently with him in him is that the storyline is like continuing and like there's too much there that I don't know because I, I, I don't know that I just am fine with not having that much storyline in my action movies. So I'm fine with these existing, but I also I'm not gonna prop them up and say they're better than they are. But yeah, that's fine. All right, what's dominating my life was uh, Friday Night Lights. This is what I chose to do with my weekend other than call high school football games or care who won some high school football games. Friday afternoon, I realized E was having a marathon of um, Friday Night Lights, the television show that came on NBC, and I was in. And we had it on the TV a lot this weekend. Uh, anytime the kids really weren't present, it was on with volume on. Uh, but there were some times it wasn't on, just kind of remembering what was happening, seeing it up on the small TV. Um, but a lot of this weekend had that on obviously we were doing a lot of things this weekend saturday i did have football on two tvs uh because i could which was nice but having friday night lights on was awesome i liked that series of when it came on we really watched it and watching it back it it's still good like there's some entertaining writing there it's it's a captivating show 
you can really get hooked into storylines of people and the relationships and all that. And then the football action, like, is good enough that it doesn't make you mad. Like, sure, some of the player, you know, the better actors probably are the worst football players on screen, but you, you trade some of that. It's, it's entertaining. Now, of course, it's, you know, they get down by 21 in most games and have to come back every time like crazy people. But generally, I enjoyed the show. The, the football action wasn't distractingly bad. And um, even some of the, especially the first time watching it, there was un- unexpected things happening and, and they found out ways for that team to get screwed by the Texas state high school league as much as they could. And, um, you know, there was job jumping around that you don't ever see, you know, a, a high school coach jumping to a college and then coming right back to a college to the high school team and then getting bumped out at the end of that year anyway, and getting sent over to the team across this, this town that didn't even have a football team. Like it, crazy stuff happens, but, it always kept my interest and even watching it back, it was cool. And so much so last night I stayed up late watching it and I woke up early this morning to watch the end of the marathon. I was like, Oh, the last episode of this marathon comes on at 9am. I'm going to make sure I'm up at like seven o'clock hour. So I can kind of lead into that episode and, and watch that, that stretch. So I enjoyed it. I know you and I spoke about it briefly. You, you weren't into it back when it came on. I don't know if I'm necessarily saying, Hey, go back and watch it. But those of us that listen or that are talking right now or listen to the podcast that did watch it, it was good, and and and, and I, I enjoyed watching it back some this weekend. Yeah, I, I think it's on Netflix or Hulu if I wanted to watch it. I just don't. Like, I didn't like it when it came out. I, you, the second season's the broadest. You talking about it does not make me want to watch it um, just fine. because it sounds ridiculous, so no. I like Lost, too, and you don't like that, and you're wrong. Sometimes you're wrong about things. Um, no, I'm right. That's fine. <laughs> what I know that you need to know is I I have a hard reminder this week of I'm getting old. Uh, as I said, it was my oldest daughter's birthday. She turned eight. So uh, I don't know. Eight just is a nice round number that reminds me that I'm old. And uh, second grade, and I can really remember second grade. I can really remember, you know, chasing her mom around the parking, uh, around, the parking around the playground when I was in second grade. So like uh, that's a little bothersome for me to know that she's at an age that She'll remember a lot of things, so it, it makes me <laughs> worry about my parenting that much more. But also that, you know, she's growing up so much and watching her open gifts and she was acting so adult and how she did that, uh, which was nice. But then she still can go out in the yard and pretend she's a pony. So it's it's a it's just that prime age where it's kind of the best of both worlds. She's has enough independence, has enough sense to her, but then she can still be a kid. So it's it's nice, but she's getting old. But then also I look at my timeline on Facebook and I'm not the only one getting old. We have listeners whose daughters are getting married and uh, starting master's degrees and all sorts of stuff. So I think I'm getting old with my eight year old. Uh, I know other guys on are, are listening that uh, feel the same way um, as dads. Uh, so I feel for you guys. You, you hear me, Jeff and Rob and the gang. Uh, I, we're all getting old. I'm with I'm with you guys now. I'm not I'm not the kid anymore. I, I'm old with you guys. So. I don't know where the meetings are, but I'm ready to ready to find meet at Rowles in the morning. Is that is that where the old people eat breakfast? Is, is that what we got to do? So I'll see you. <laughs> well, this young buck is ready to take you into the future. Uh, let's let's get ready to talk about soccer coming back. I know it's been a month. It wasn't happening at some point. Yeah, it's only it's been a month. Uh, it was a long month. But finally, we are ready for soccer to come back. No, I just saw Liverpool beat the heck out of somebody the other day. 
uh, you maybe in a preseason game. Um, we lost the community shield. Why is my shield. phone telling me updates on preseason games? Ugh. We lost the community shield to Arsenal in penalty kicks uh, two weekends ago, maybe. But uh, the the Premier League starts back this weekend. Liverpool opens up against newly promoted Leeds United, which. Um, if you follow soccer or which if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you don't, but, uh, to fill you in a little bit, Leeds United has some controversy, uh, has some controversy with being promoted because they're a new ownership group. It's kind of one of those people, uh, with that got their wealth in not great ways. Uh, and they're not great people. And now they own a soccer team and they're putting money into it. So Leeds United kind of spent more money than everyone else in their competition, now they're promoted. They can spend on Premier League level, not tops of Premier League level like uh, Chelsea or a Manchester United or a Liverpool or a Manchester City, but up there. Leeds United is also the only soccer team that is that you're able to watch if you live in North Korea. So there's that. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but that is a thing. So with that being oh, said, yeah, I don't know how that happened with North Korea, North Korea. That's a, that's a common phrase. Yeah. With that being said, uh, <laughs> as much as I love Liverpool, I don't think they're going to repeat this year. I think they're going to come up just short. I actually like Chelsea to be really, really good uh, and maybe win the league this year. They've got a lot of young talent. They brought in some more players via transfer. They have a lot of money uh, with their so Russian just to be clear, oligarch owner, this- but Christian Pulisic, um, if he's if he's able to stay healthy uh, along with some other key pieces for Chelsea, I like their chances of winning. So in this podcast, let's review what you've said about your favorite teams. Virginia Tech, you said you know they won't even be in the ACC championship because likely the you know Notre Dame's better than us anyway, so that'll knock them out. Scheduling doesn't help. You said factual. that the Baltimore Orioles probably aren't going to make the playoffs, even though they have a little bit more hope now. They probably won't make the playoffs. I think that's you factual. Said you said that the Ravens weren't going to go to the Super Bowl because even though they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and a really good defense and really looked like I was on the cusp of it last year, you're just saying they won't. You're going to put the Titans in there and set it down. And now you said Liverpool's not going to repeat. So, like, that, I just don't, like, why do, why do you even get up in the morning? You have no hope. You just, like, eh, no, no one's going to win anyway. Heck with it. Why do you, like, why even watch? If you just don't think your team, like I am, I know I didn't pick the Steelers to win the Super Bowl, but like I have a way that they could, and I I openly talk about it. I, I might not have picked it here, but the Hokies, like I, if if you're gonna tell me pick somebody else to be in the ACC championship, I don't know if I am, man. I like I. So you're picking Virginia Tech still, to go to the ACC championship. We're going we're going to the ACC championship according to Leela McRae. I just it's hard for me to say otherwise because I'm just so blindly loyal. That okay, well, that's the difference. That it makes me happy to like think of my team has a chance to to win it all, and like I can have a discussion. I mean, this is what this com- you had this conversation with Cody Elliott and I like two years ago, like on the, one of the first podcasts. We sat there and we're saying, "Yeah, we're not that great, but here's how we go to the ACC championship." Like we still get there in our conversation. Now, I know Cody Elliott said the same thing last year. Like here's the pathway for us to do it, and of course we didn't. But it, like our way is fun, man. You should try it. Our our way is pretty happy. It, it, it's it's a happy way. I of love living. this. Hey, Joe. Uh, let's point to all these examples where you were right, and then tell you to not be right. <laughs> You're approaching this from logic and reason. Like, You're using logic and reason in your uh, in your arguments. So don't do that. I also picked Liverpool to win the championship last year in the Premier League, and they did. 
So there's that. Um, this year, I don't <laughs> think they will. It's hard to repeat as champions of the Premier League. There's the big six. Someone in the big six usually picks you off. Um, so this year, I think that team is Chelsea. So that's why I'm not picking Liverpool to win. I think Liverpool will be second. I think it will be a race all the way to the end. But it's just depressing to hear you go through every one of your favorite teams, the teams I know you really do like and care about and, and do have. Yeah, you remember you remember three weeks ago when I was actually believing them, you think you have a chance. You remember three weeks ago when I thought the Orioles were going to make the playoffs and then each loss I was texting you about how terrible baseball <laughs> is and how much I hate the Orioles and how much I hate baseball and blah, blah, blah. You remember that? that that's what hope gets you. Hope is the most dangerous thing in the world, folks. But you picked your, you picked a, uh, so the, the little bit of hope that you tried to apply to one of your teams recently, you went with the Orioles. Like that was the that's, least one you should have picked. Yeah, that's, that's, that's your best argument. That the team that I have the most optimism with is the Orioles. And I, that's the team that I will convince myself no matter what we had success somewhere. This year, it is hard to argue that we're not having some success in terms of we're overachieving yeah, this year, yeah. and yep. and we've built our farm system to from 28th in two years, we're now a top 10 farm system under Mike Elias, and I like the direction we're headed as a franchise. The, this year, the, the one that you have the best argument on is the Ravens. The Ravens is what surprises me. Like, why well, don't even just... I just, just, I just haven't seen it for Lamar Jackson the in the playoffs. I just haven't seen it. Plus, we're a Lamar Jackson Ravens injury... Titans. We're a Lamar Jackson injury away from not being relevant. If Lamar Jackson gets hurt, we aren't going to the playoffs. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what makes the Titans better than us, Leland, but I watched him beat the bejesus out of us last year in the playoffs. I would I would easily pick the Ravens ahead of the Titans easily. And that's the team I would like to see. I said that last year in the AFC divisional round, and then we got killed. I said the Ravens will kill the Titans, and then someone did get killed, but it was the Ravens. It's fine. I just, I don't know. Leland's I picking just, Virginia Tech to go to the Titans ACC championship. I just want this on the record so that when Virginia Tech finishes like fifth in the ACC, we can we can go back to this because you like to point out when I'm wrong. I just want it to be official. Leland is saying Virginia Tech is in the ACC championship game. Did you see old guy pick the Hokies to be like twelfth in the basketball? Uh, it was 14th. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. Like, what is that guy? Like, what is he watching? Might I mean, that bad. I do think we'll be better. Yeah. Now, we said that last yeah. year, and I think we were exactly where they said we were going to be. But I think we'll be better than that. I saw a thing that made me really happy, and we should have talked about this earlier, where it, it, it has it has Tony Bennett going to the NBA, like, this offseason. And I just couldn't be, I, that would make me like so happy in college basketball to get him out of our way. Cause what sucks about him is that he is good and he is good at his job and he is doing things the right way there. And even though we don't like their style of play, it's working and he's stayed consistent and they won a national title. So it's like, I just want to get rid of him. I just want him to go somewhere and coach NBA. That would make me so happy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I buy that, but yeah. I hope so. What more does he have to do? He won a national championship at UVA. Win You're not going to win it every year. So go to the NBA. There's a lot less pressure NBA. coaching at UVA. You've already won a national championship. You be Brad Stevens and be awesome. They're going to name the court after him when he retires. Like that's, that's what he has going for him at UVA. If he goes to the NBA and has a, you know, two bad years, he's out. Like that's, uh, that's not going to happen at UVA. I, I hope he does it. 
Okay. Well, I'll uh, root for him in the NBA. If he goes to the NBA, I'll root for him. Okay. I will root for the team he's coaching for. If if he goes there, I just I just don't want him. I'm to be sure the that's what he'll base his decision on. So, oh, let me call him. Tell him. Tell him what I said. Yeah. If the coaches are listening to this podcast, if you are following us Which on Twitter maybe and maybe has. blocking us, listen to this, Tony <laughs> Bennett, and know that I want you to go to the NBA, and I will be a fan of yours. I just want to let folks in on the joke there that you made. Um, <laughs> so I found out today apparently that Kurt Signetti blocked me, either because I said. <laughs> Either he because, didn't block the podcast. yeah, so either he heard what I said or someone told him what I said, which I don't think is probably what happened. But it's because he's so mentally soft. He couldn't handle JMU football tweeting about championship culture under Kurt Signetti, which I, I guess they mean conference championship just, culture because, yeah, I guess they mean conference championship culture because he's won zero national championships. But one year yeah he's championship culture in the same way marv levy is championship culture in the nfl so sure but actually marv levy went to five national or went to five super bowls in a row i kurt signetti hasn't done that yet but i anyway when jmu football tweets that it's the same day that jmu's just getting hammered on social media for not having a covid plan in terms of opening their campus and i retweeted maybe pick a different day than the day that you're getting hammered on social media for not having a COVID plan and reminding everyone that your football coach tried to stubbornly play football when the conference canceled the football season and only stopped when the NCAA told him you're not playing for a championship. So if that's what got me blocked, let me just go ahead and say this. Kurt Signetti should stay at JMU forever because he doesn't have the mental toughness to coach at the FBS. Boom. Justin Fuente, yeah, Justin Fuente, who no one, no one on here could mistake me as a Justin Fuente fan. Justin Fuente is mentally tougher than Kurt Signetti. He's also a better coach than Kurt Signetti, so I'll go ahead and say that too. Well, I don't think we'll have a head-to-head matchup in 2025, maybe for both reasons. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I tell you what, though, I do hope you're right. I, I don't think Virginia Tech will go to the ACC championship. I hope you're right, and he figures it out, and somehow Virginia Tech overcomes the challenges on the schedule that lie before them, and Justin Fuente and Hendon Hooker lead us into the ACC championship to be the sacrificial lamb to Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers. I, I couldn't just, be I happier. Do, I do with, not like playing Clemson in that last week. I think that's, yeah, that's a tough I, I would love nothing a more. way to make me right. I would love nothing more than to get to lose to Clemson two weeks in a row. I, nothing would make me happier. <laughs> I'd like to have the chance. All right, so let's get out of here, and we will have the chance next week to come back and talk about more sports. So make sure you're following us on the Twitter and the Facebook at Yak Sports Pod, or emailing us at yaksportspod at gmail.com, and you're subscribed to us because, as you saw this week, this one came early. Might happen next week, too. You never know. So you got to be subscribed so you know you can have this on your playlist as soon as it's ready, and you do that by subscribing on Podbean, Apple, Google, or Spotify. And as always, please feel encouraged to interact with us on Twitter or email or smoke signals because we would like to hear from you as we want to be covering what you care about as the Augusta County sports fan. We'll be back next week to talk about all of it. Thanks. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.